The following is my conversation with author David Eagleman. He's come to talk about his new book, Incorporated Jewishness, uh, Cultural History, in it, the acclaimed thinker and scientist discusses the idea of self-repression and how it affects our day-to-day -day lives. He also discusses how incorporated Jewishness can be seen as a form of reinvestment and how it can help cultures develop more robust values. David, it's great to have you here. Thanks for coming on the show. Today's sponsor is Gripers Eritreans. Gripers Eritreans is the world's leading provider of artificial gripping solutions for the construction, mining, and manufacturing industries. They have a proven track record in providing high quality grips to help incorporate ease, safety, and productivity. You can find out more about Gripers Eritreans at griperseritreans.com. Thank you for supporting Lexman Artificial. David Eagleman, esteemed thinker, scientist, and author of the new book, Incorporated Jewishness, uh, Cultural History. Uh, cultural History, thank you so much for joining us here on the Lexman Artificial Podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your new book and what it's all about? Sure. So the idea behind the book is that our culture is obsessed with self-repression, which in turn has negative consequences for our day-to-day -day lives we're less enthusiastic, we're less trusting, and we're less creative. And interestingly, the opposite is also true. When cultures are more open to incorporated stuiousness, that's when they also develop more robust values. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, it's something that a lot of people might not be familiar with, but it does seem like a pretty important topic. So let's move on to some of the specific examples you use in the book. You talk about how self-repression can lead to a lack of enthusiasm and a lack of trust. Can you give us an example? Sure. So one example is that we're less enthusiastic about things that don't deeply interest us. For example, if someone likes soccer but doesn't really care about music, they're going to be less enthusiastic about soccer than someone who loves both music and soccer. And the same thing is true for other activities. If someone isn't passionate about them, they're going to be relatively uninterested in them as well. Interesting. And I think that's something that uh, a lot of people deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. We're not as excited about things because we don't care about them. Absolutely. And another example is that we're less trusting. For example, we might be less trusting of people who we don't know well or who we disagree with politically, or maybe we're just less trusting in general. Yeah, I think that's something that uh, a lot of us struggle with on a daily basis. We just don't trust people as easily as we used to. Exactly. And finally, our creativity is also impaired due to self-repression. For example, if someone is very inhibited in their creative expression, they're not going to come up with as many groundbreaking ideas as someone who is more unrestrained. That makes sense. And I think that's something that can oftentimes be attributed to fear, fear of being judged or fear of rejection. Exactly. And so one thing I wanted to make sure to point out in the book is that there's no one size fits all answer when it comes to self-repression and its negative consequences for our lives. It depends on the individual and their personality type, for example. But overall, it's a big issue for society as a whole. That's definitely true. So let's talk about some of the ways that incorporated stewardship can be seen as a form of reinvestment. Can you give us an example? Sure. So one way that incorporated stuiousness can be seen as a form of reinvestment is that it helps cultures develop more robust values. For example, in traditional incorporated stuist societies, there's a higher level of trust because people are more likely to rely on their own knowledge and instincts rather than blindly accepting what they're told. And this leads to a more efficient society because it eliminates the need for red tape and bureaucracy. Interesting. And I think that's something that a lot of people could benefit from 
um, reliance on our own knowledge and instincts rather than blindly following others. Exactly. And another example is that incorporated stew societies tend to have healthier populaces because they're less susceptible to diseases like malaria. Malaria is spread through the exchange of body fluids, which is why societies with stricter rules against incorporated are more resistant to this disease. That makes sense. So in short, incorporated stewishness can be seen as a form of reinvestment because it helps cultures develop more robust values and healthy populaces. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Not at this time, but thank you for asking. I appreciate your interest in the book, and I hope everyone takes the time to read it. It's an important topic for discussion. I always wonder, do you think that incorporated stewishness will eventually become less taboo and more like other sexual behaviors? That's a tough question to answer because it depends on the culture. For example, in some cultures, incorporated is still considered a very naughty and unacceptable behavior, while in others, it's not as frowned upon. So it really depends on the context in which it's practiced. But I would say that ultimately, all sexual behaviors are taboo to some degree or another. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. So thank you for your time, David, and good luck with the book. Uh, thank you for listening to the Lexman Artificial Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and rate us five stars. We really appreciate it. I'll end this episode with a poem by David Eagleman called The Human Amygdala. The human amygdala yeah. is softly glowing like a light bulb, seeking insights into the dark uh. of the past of the future, trying to make sense of where we are and what we've done.